0: You see, we're on a mission from God. If Ripping Throats gets that warhead back, I'll
1: suck as many dicks as I've got, to rip as many throats as I have to. Have a good night. It's already been good now that you served and protected me.
0: Because I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Fascinated with Films. What up? Uh, <laughs> the quarantine edition once again. Yeah,
0: yeah. Quarantine Chronicles.
1: Justin is at his private uh, kind of ranch <laughs> out, <laughs> out there in the boonies. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We can call That's it a grant We can call it a ranch.
0: <laughs> sure. Why not? I got I got a dog. Yeah. I should also <laughs> mention
1: how impressed I am that your dog is not ever kind of noisy in the background during these pods. You know.
0: Yeah, she's. We do them early enough in the morning that she's still sleeping.
1: Oh, you get her all worn out and tired. I see how it is. That's what I do with the kitten. Yeah, <laughs> I just ran her rampant in the other room. So, <laughs> so how's your life been the last couple of days? I know Dave's been uh, been busy busy doing his normal thing, but uh, did you talk to him at all this week?
0: Uh, yeah, well, not, not this week. I talked to him last week. okay good Um, Yeah, we finally caught up for a few. uh, (laughs) Sick, what are you up to? Nothing. What are you up to? Nothing.
1: We're good to talk to you, dude.
0: (laughs) Yeah, right. Talk to you later, man. (laughs) (laughs) Let me know if anything else happens.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, well, that Um, was spy films last week and, uh, I just been, uh, rewatching some, uh, some, some great flicks and everything. You've been, uh, busy with work, have you?
0: Yeah, yeah, super busy, man. I, I caught up. I I was able to catch up on a couple of these to kind of refresh.
1: It's good to be essential, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Everybody needs hand sanitizer and massage. Yeah, and they go well That's together.
1: True. Man, I really need to go uh, to bust out and get a massage myself too. After after this quarantine, I think everyone needs a massage. Yeah. Did you sure. find that everyone like stormed into that place right when they allowed it?
0: Oh yeah, dude. We've been we've been packed. We've had like one or two slow days. But other than that, I mean, I had a, I had a 13 hour day yesterday and I, I had to literally tell them like, Hey, look, I have to drop off an hour. Like, you know, cause otherwise I would have had three, then break three, then break, then four. And I, don't know I how just, your muscles
1: been, can do it, man.
0: That's, that's what I was going to say. Like, I've been working so much. Like I knew that if they tried to book that last one for me, like I just, I told him, I said, look, it won't be a good session. And like, I don't want to give somebody a bad session, you Yeah. Know? And,
1: you're, you're like one of those unsung heroes, too, you know because those are one of the things, you get those things done, and you you never, as somebody on the table, you never think much about the what the massage therapist is actually going through to accomplish that. Oh, yeah. And certainly until I do it, I like my, my girls here on the couch, and she she's like, uh, uh, can you rub my neck? And I'll rub her neck for like five <laughs> minutes, and I'm like, dude, I'm tired.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. I said, I'm not giving yeah. those 90-minute deep tissue massage, so I, I yeah. give you a props for being able to do it they must be uh getting ready to miss you though they upset you yeah, leaving?
0: Man. leave yeah yeah They're leaving on sunday and um you know and i mean honestly like for me it's kind of like a oh man this is crazy you know type change but dude, you know, i've been doing it for nine years and yeah. you know I'm, I'm ready to try something new and they're they're supportive of me you know what i mean like um i'm going out on a good note and everything like that and, you yeah. know so it's a new chapter. You know, it's been, yeah, you know, and it's been good, so I'm looking forward to it.
1: And I think people of uh, what we've learned during the uh the quarantine too is what jobs are probably the best ones to kind of uh focus on and what jobs are not going to be essential if they do have another lockdown, you know.
0: Right, absolutely. Yeah.
1: It, it looks like grocery store jobs are the jobs to have. <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: absolutely
1: but then you got to be around other people so
0: i know it's it's crazy to say to think that that's dangerous yeah Just, you know have <laughs> pay at the
1: grocery store i know <laughs> Well, we should get right into it this week. This week we got a very special topic. This week we've been uh, we've been wanting to do this for a few months now, and it's what's great about it is y- you think they've done a lot more movies. So that this week we're going to do SNL, so Sad Night Live flicks, something that's always yeah. been huge in my life growing up with my parents. And uh, had, was it big in your life too, growing up?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. And like you know, I uh, I even remember you know seeing the old ones you know on reruns. Of- Nick at Night when I was a kid.
1: You Nick know? at Night, that's the place that used to play them. Yeah, hell yeah, Nick at Night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nick at Night I was great. Them, that's man.
0: how I, that's how I saw the Honeymooners. My mom and I used to watch the Honeymooners when I was a kid. That's awesome. Was, I yeah,
1: and they put out a lot of the the Sad Night Live DVDs, which were good. But the problem with them was is those sketches overlapped like crazy. Like at one point, I wanted to buy them all. I wanted to buy like the the Eddie Murphy and the Mike Myers and the Dana Carvey and the uh, Phil Hartman one. And then you realize that they, they are all like on each of the different discs already. So it's, yeah. it's hard to kind of get one of uh, the ultimate kind of best of sad night live thing. Yeah. But it's something I always liked. I always liked the different incarnations of cast members that they have there that used to be like, you know, the best stand up comedians in town would just come in there and uh, you ever seen any of the, uh, the tryouts.
0: Um, I've, I think uh, the only one I've ever seen was uh, Goulet. Yeah, the the, the Will Ferrell <laughs> with, one with Will Ferrell. Yeah, that's yeah.
1: one of the famous ones. It's on like the DVD. You can watch it on the special features where he just goes through a couple different characters. You know, he does that one where he's a cat and he's like yes. bobbing the uh, the paper ball back and forth and everything. And it's it's yeah. really fun to see and super young. You know, you forget these, yeah. how young these guys were. And even, like, the ages were were weird, because, you know, when we grew up, grew up with them, we were little kids, so these guys, like, seemed like adults to us, but when you, like, really look at it, like, that first season, those guys were, like, in their, like, early 20s doing that Yeah, stuff. I know, yeah. And it was insane, and they never in a million years thought it would be go as far as it did, and I'm not sure what the average, like... I want to say like lifespan of a, uh, <laughs> SNL kind of player too, because you know, they, it, it's almost been going through the ages for, I mean, it's, it started in 1975 and I turned 45 this year. So it turns 45 this year. Uh, right. I was born the same year. So 45 years at SNL, I'm wondering who the longest kind of one was. I think it might be Keenan, who's still with the cast.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. He's been there for a while.
1: I remember for the longest time it was Tim Meadows because it, it seemed like everyone had gone except for Tim Meadows for the longest right. time. And then he yeah. actually uh, went and got his own thing, too. So
0: Yeah. So let me ask you this, then. What's your favorite SNL group? Ooh. I That's know, a difficult right?
1: one, man. It's totally difficult one because my first inclination is to go with the old school one, but I really the originals. I know. I I'm a huge Mike Myers fan, so mm-hmm. I, I love that era where it was Mike Myers, David Spade, uh, Chris, Chris Farley, Farley Adam Phil Sandler. Hartman, uh, yeah. Molly Shannon. I mean, it was really an epic, epic kind of five year period right there with those guys. Were just like at the top of their game. None of them had done. I mean. Tommy Boy hadn't been done, Ladies Men hadn't yeah. been done, all these uh, different stuff that these actors went on to do afterwards. Uh, it was before that. So it was, they were gettable, I guess you could say, because n- then eventually they were uh, huge stars. Adam Sandley, we should name in that group, I
0: mean. Absolutely, yeah.
1: He made something of himself.
0: How about you? Not a little bit, yeah.
1: <laughs> was that around yeah. that era that you like?
0: Yeah, I mean, and so that's kind of the era that I grew up with. And I think also Norm MacDonald and Kevin Nealon were kind of in that group as well. Absolutely. And I remember... Norm did I the an Update. Yeah, and I remember he said, fuck, and he got kicked off the show. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like,
1: they were looking to kick him off because he ha- he was very... Uh, I mean, he said what he was on his mind. They couldn't trust yeah. Norm not to go off the rails.
0: <laughs> I fucking loved when he did uh, Burt Reynolds on oh, Jeopardy. God, man, Burt like... Reynolds.
1: <laughs> did you ever watch... Um... My name is Earl. He he played Burt Reynolds' son in that. And he just did it like Burt Reynolds. <laughs> really? Yeah, because Burt Reynolds oh, owned the strip awesome. club. He owned the strip club. So Burt Reynolds was on the show for a little while, and then they worked him off the show, and they had his character die, and they brought Norm, uh, they brought Burt's son on, and it was just Norm doing a complete Burt Reynolds impression, and it was absolutely that's hysterical.
0: Awesome. Oh no, I never did see that. That's great.
1: I'll have to send a really great clip. There's a great clip where he's getting like uh, he's getting like a testicular <laughs> operation, and he's got <laughs> he's got. Jason Lee singing him freebird in the uh, in the bed and it's just so funny dude. Oh god, I love Norm Macdonald. Yeah, no, he's great. <laughs> One of the best stand-up comedians ever. So, it it's really amazing. I mean, it it was a no-brainer when you look back on it that they were going to make a, a a slew of movies from the sketches and everything, but you, you almost think they've done more than they did. You know, they've they've done like 12 movies and that's it.
0: Yeah, I know. It really does seem like when when you like when you told me like, dude, it's only 12. I could have sworn it was like 20. Yeah. You know. That's what I would have uh, guessed.
1: I was like, "Oh, we might have to do this as a two-parter." And then I'm looking at Right. Uh, looking at it and I'm looking and I'm like, "Wow, these aren't really all that many."
0: Uh, I think kind of what it is is that you know like Tommy Boy Black Sheep that yeah. kind of stuff. You kind you know, of think that uh, might be
1: affiliated with uh, SNL, but it really isn't. It wasn't really based right. on a Happy
0: Gilmore, you know, stuff like that. Because you just yeah, you think like oh, this is an SNL movie, but it's not. You know what I mean? These are all movies that are actual characters from the show that branched off. So yeah that you know. the
1: other one would have been like an SNL alum pod I guess we could have done but that could have just that type of thing could have gone to like 100 movies because yeah uh, everyone's that's been a part of it has had huge huge careers off of it now yeah. before we get into our list are, are you a fan of the uh the recent uh stuff i mean not even i mean like even pre-quarantine i know they're doing something a little different now to kind of get by but
0: oh yeah no i mean i i really like uh you know, probably the current cast for like the last three years, maybe. Yeah, I'm excited uh,
1: with who they have now. I, I I'm a huge Pete Davidson fan. I like. Uh, it took, and it's weird watching the arc for a lot of these actors and actresses that are on there because yeah. uh, like Andy Bryan is having a big year right now and she's been on there for a while and, and she just wasn't hitting. They couldn't, it's hard for somebody to find their groove in their sketch after a while and then after being on there for like three or four years, then every sketch she's on, she kills it. Yeah. Uh, and I've also noticed that, uh, something that I always noticed when Fallon and Farrell were on it, the the audience likes when the cast will break up every once in a while. You know. Oh yeah, cra-
0: absolutely. It's one of my favorite parts of the show.
1: Oh me too. I I like get my girl's attention. I was like, oh look look, Andy Brand's yeah. about to lose it here because and that's her thing now. Is anytime she does like a sketch with Kate McKinnon, they, they just can't keep a straight face and it's funny as hell. People love it. Right. I'm not sure yeah. if as an actor on the show or if Lauren Michaels, the producer, kind of recommends they do that, but I don't think it was a. It's ever been a big problem. Uh, I mean, you look at Will specifically Will Ferrell and Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon could not keep a straight face when Will Ferrell was on
0: the uh,
1: on the absolutely.
0: Yeah, no, like uh, more cowbell, you know, more cowbell. He 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 just uh. He he makes uh, Jimmy Fallon crack up. It's like I would be doing myself and this band a disservice <laughs> if I did not play the hell out of this cowbell. <laughs> uh,
1: what's uh, So here you asked me what the what my favorite cast was. What what is your favorite sketch?
0: You know, my favorite sketch is so like obscure oh, and I love it. weird. I love it. And I I cannot find it. I have looked for it for years and Maybe if you ever come across it, send it to me. Right. It's with Jessica Simpson and Nick Lachey, and they're singing waiter and waitresses. And Horatio Sands is the manager. <laughs> and like at one point, you know, at the singing restaurant or whatever, like the, the customers asked to uh, speak to the manager, and Horatio Sands comes up and goes, Do you have a problem? i am the shift manager and i don't know why but for some reason that has always stuck in my head is like one of the most ridiculous things i've ever seen and that's it's my favorite skit that's funny
1: i love horatio sands i always thought he was gonna have a bigger career than he really did every once in a while he'll pop up and you're like holy shit is that horatio sands yeah and i'll get excited uh my sketches like i said I, i'm a huge mike myers fan and one that i always like was super excited to see and i <laughs> i could even have mentioned i could have mentioned this a couple of pods ago when we did the nicole kidman do you remember the sketch with him and nicole kidman when they played little kids at the playground you're the devil. Yeah, you're the devil. <laughs> my mom says I'm not allowed to have
0: chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> and he ends up ripping the thing up and yeah. running away with he's it. He's like
1: dragging the like jungle gym down the street with him. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, that or, Mike
1: Myers DVD is one of my absolute favorite, where he plays like the soccer hooligans in one of them. And he's just yeah. – I just really love Mike Myers' humor. I know some people are are different with their – but there are people like every Eddie Murphy sketch was always good. I mean, we could go yeah. on for hours just talking about the sketches that we liked. But moving shifting towards the movies, you know, it People think it's an easy thing. You're like, oh, this is an interesting character. Make this into a movie. And it's not – some of these movies don't hit. I mean we're going to talk about some movies here that, yeah. that were good. They're nostalgic. They're fun to watch. But then there's other ones here that are absolute complete comedy classics that will go down on like the top 100 movies ever made, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
1: <laughs> and some will not.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I, I say we work into some of these and we just talk a little bit about them. And we can, we can mention the sketch – in the in the series and we can mention the movie and we talk about what we like about them and everything and uh i say we we start with one of the old school ones and then we can jump around to different uh places here i got i kind of have the list a little jumbled up here so we uh it'll take us all over the place but i say we start with 1993's coneheads
0: Uh, France. We come from France. (laughs) Every time I hear somebody
1: say France in the back of my head, even if I don't vocalize it in the back of my head, I say that. (laughs) (laughs) I I love that they worked. This was this was a big sketch back in the day. uh, Oh yeah, with Dan Aykroyd, Jane Curtin, Lorraine Newman. I'm not sure Lorraine Newman's in the movie. Definitely Dan Aykroyd and Jane Curtin are are big kind of actors in this movie. Now, was this one that you watched when it first came out?
0: Yeah, I saw this in the theater.
1: Oh, you saw it in the theater. See, I definitely yeah, didn't see it yeah. in the theater. And this was one that had helped if you watched the sketch, because if you don't know what the hell this is and you just came across it, like, I don't know if t- today's kids, if it was playing on TV and that came on, people were like, what the hell is this shit?
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, um, <laughs> But that again, that was one of the ones, because that was the older ones, that was the one that I saw the reruns on late at night, or not late at night, on Nick at Night. Um, and that was one of my dad's favorite, uh, you know, SNL skits as well. So when that movie came out, we were like all excited. We went to the theater together, my dad and my brother and I, and like, you know, oh, it was great, dude. Yeah. They used some
1: weird special effects and stuff in there, you know, in some weird applications because in the, in the sketch, it was nothing, you know, they just had that stupid cone application on their head and it usually involved like somebody from the government coming or like th- like uh, friends of the family that would show up and they would have dinner parties and everything. And the, and the main thing was, where are you from? Are you really yeah. not from here? And people yeah. really never even referred to their heads <laughs> <Yeah>. at all.
0: <laughs> uh, I love, my mom's the only other person who can handle a sandwich like that. When, <laughs> yeah, was that <laughs> when Farley? Farley? Yeah, that was Farley. He was like the mechanic boyfriend of the daughter. And uh, remember at one point um, when, when they tried to, what was it? hone cones uh, <laughs> oh god yeah <laughs> he's trying to haul ass in his car and dan Aykroyd lifts up the back of his car and then rips the roof open like oh so funny dude yeah, i
1: forgot he farley dated the uh the cute daughter who was the uh the redhead from um Days and confused she was the one that was uh you know the the, the main freshman that they followed around right yeah he, he, uh uh the conehead's daughter was his sister in that movie she was the one that said mom's gonna kill you if you show up drunk and everything right Uh, yeah i i had looked her up because i was like i'm pretty sure she wasn't on the old snl sketch and yeah she wasn't but man everything about that and they worked it into like a fun kind of um high school movie in a way too a lot of it had to deal with kind of the stuff going on with the uh with the teenage
0: daughter yeah. Remember she was on the, the swim team, and when she yeah, and she went to make the dive, and there was literally no splash at all because of the shape of her head. <laughs> That's <laughs> just
1: clever thinking, man, too, when you think yeah. about it, where you're like, what are we going to have th- this girl do in the sketch? Because it's... It- People forget the undertaking that's involved in making one of these sketches. I mean, it's a four-minute sketch that they're going to try to make into an hour-and-a-half movie. I mean, you got to be pretty clever to kind of work that in
0: there to be able to do it. Well, and I'm pretty sure Dan Aykroyd was probably one of the writers on this, Yeah, too. I would
1: imagine he would be. I I love the sketch when or I, the scene in the movie where he goes to the dentist and he does like that flip-top head type of thing, and you see all the rows of teeth that he has.
0: Yeah, and he gets them <laughs> capped. Yeah. <laughs> So he's like, he's like, uh, Veldar, what have you done to your mouth, Cone? <laughs> like, I love
1: Jane Curtin, man. You don't get to see her very often. I don't know what the hell she's off doing, man. She was one of my favorite, like, old school kind of, uh, weekend update women when, when her and Dan Aykroyd used to do the weekend update, uh, date together. Jane, you ignorant slut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. gosh. Was there yeah. a favorite scene in, uh,
0: Coneheads? Um, I, I would say probably when he had to narfle the Garthog. <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: man, you remember all the lines and everything,
0: <laughs> dude. I know this is like this is probably my favorite movie on the list. I, I've and I've said France, we come from France, like probably twenty times throughout the pod. Like, you know, <laughs> That's probably like, true. <laughs> yeah, no, I I fucking I look for a reason to say that. <laughs> It's you know? uh,
1: on paper it's a sketch that shouldn't work it's a movie that shouldn't work but together it just is is really great you know I wonder how yeah. many people like this movie that weren't aware of the sketch because I think it helps if you've seen the sketch before and you've seen the uh how everyone is kind of uh their characters have been worked in because they had a lot of the Conehead sketches I mean it might be less than I think it is but I'm pretty sure they at least did it ten times before the movie came out
0: yeah I, I mean it, yeah, it has to be. And you it was know, like but,
1: twenty years later, too. I mean, uh, well, it was probably like sixteen or seventeen years later after they had done the sketches, they decided to make the movie.
0: Right. Well, and I mean, the advertising for this was huge. Like that whole scene in Subway. I mean, the whole movie was sponsored by Ford and Subway. You know what I mean? When he when he when he brought the when he came home to Remulac, you know, and he brought the the leader of uh, ford lincoln mercury sable with dash icon you know what i mean like
1: back then they could be completely shameless about who's paying the bills <laughs>
0: absolutely you know oh and i gotta mention when he was chewing the gum and it was a condom that was oh terrible. yes yes oh my God. <laughs> some chewing gum <laughs>
1: <laughs> was phil hartman in this one
0: yeah, absolutely. He was the the leader's like sidekick guy. That's you know, right.
1: that's right. Yeah. Man, it's been a little <laughs> while since I've seen this. It's so great. And we should mention we're gonna we're gonna end this pod talking about like uh, the first movie, and I'll mention right now we're gonna we're gonna end it with the Blues Brothers. But it yeah. it lends to mention that Blues Brothers was in nineteen eighty, and this was in ninety uh, three, and so it had gone thirteen years without a SNL sketch movie. That's crazy. Yeah, because right after Blues Brothers, the next one on this list uh, kind of chronologically would have been Coneheads. It's really crazy. It was fun. It was great, man. I I enjoyed it. It still kind of holds up if you're fans of that type of uh, humor and certainly if you're fans of SNL and uh, Dan Aykroyd and all those guys. I loved it. Oh,
2: yeah.
1: All right. This next one, we're going to go – and this is one of the little uh, later uh, kind of – Casts that uh, had been doing it. And this is 19. And this is one I did see in the theater 1998's Night at the Roxbury.
0: Him, me, him, you, me, him, you, him, him, me. <laughs> <laughs> now,
1: if you rewatch this, if you grew up at this time going to nightclubs <laughs> and you rewatch oh, yes. this movie, it's all the music. I, the, I don't know what they did, but the, it's almost like they turned on the radio during 1998 and all the songs that came out came into the movie you know yeah yeah that labouche that song and all those great great club songs that you can't very much like these two morons you can't help but like bop your head in the car to it you know
0: absolutely <laughs> no as soon as it comes on you know it's freaking hysterical yeah, i
1: broke the window again <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, I I love
1: Chris Gattan, man. so good.
0: Oh, dude, he's so funny. You guys want some cookies? (laughs) Um, uh, You know, but I I have to say, by far, my favorite sketch that they did on this was uh, with Jim Carrey. Did you ever see that?
1: I don't think so. Oh, wait, yeah, he was out there dressed like them.
0: Yeah, he was like the third. He was was like their cousin or something like that. Yeah, oh, oh my God, dude. And he was just doing exactly what they were doing through the whole skit, but it was so funny. Yeah, it's like, perfect
1: Jim Carrey type comedy. Yeah. Know? And I mean, you get two of the best guys. You got Will Ferrell, you got uh you got Chris Kattan who is completely underrated in my opinion. I think yeah. he was one of the best things about Undercover Brother. Oh yeah. He was so great in that. Uh but you also got the great Molly Shannon uh who was the the person who wanted to date Will Farrell, right? Will Farrell's character, I think she was obsessed with Will Farrell's character, I think. I'm pretty sure it was, yeah. And remember Dan Dan Henja Plays the father, our uh, Dave, yeah. Dave's actor from Alien, uh, Alien Four, uh, right? And I love that they own like a plastic plant shop. Now, when I went and saw this in the theater, I was working as a floral delivery driver. Oh, and you terrible. did not hear me laugh any louder in a theater that year. Is <laughs> when Chris Katan was throwing the arrangements into the van, just chucking <laughs> them as hard as he can yeah. in the van. Uh, me and like three other people I worked at the uh, floral <laughs> shop uh, saw the movie together, and we could not stop laughing. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's so funny. I totally forgot about that. I remember, <laughs> it. that is so funny the way he does that.
1: Oh God, it's it's just they were able to really work this movie into, like I said, all the music that was involved in that club scene. Remember uh, what Michael Clark Duncan was the uh, was the bouncer at the club yeah. that would never let them in yeah <laughs> and they kept doing that you guys brothers no yes <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> and they never got picked and they eventually uh, oh yeah remember they eventually richard grieco came in as as himself in this yeah. movie. yeah oh, that's crazy. right I want to hear something completely random i was watching an old uh Every once in a while when we when I'm doing stuff uh, on the computer and my girl's doing stuff on the computer, we'll just throw on like uh, antenna TV which plays all old like 80s sitcoms uh-huh. and, and she, she had it on the other day and an old facts of life from like the 80s was playing and oh, wow. uh, Natalie had moved into her own apartment with Richard Grico and David Spade. Wow. No one had ever heard of either of them. David Spade's like this uh, super young 18 year old kid and so is Richard Grieco and uh, I I was so amazed. I was like, man, I love when you could see these old guys cutting their chops in these old cheesy ass sitcoms but yeah, that must have been the first time I had seen uh, Richard Grieco or David Spade. So yeah, they they talked Richard Grieco to come in and to play himself which was, that kind of marks the time, you know, because I mean, Richard Grieco had like a moment of stardom that lasted for about two years, and that's it, you know?
0: Dude, I swear to God, If Looks Could Kill is the only movie of his I know.
1: Yeah, Well, that, that and this. That and Night of the Rock, Yeah,
0: yeah that's and true.
1: Obviously, uh, 21 Jump Street is where he kind of got famous. He was Johnny Depp's replacement on 21 Jump Street, so that kind of got him, like, instant stardom from that. Right. And then yeah. it just went away. But I did like uh, If Looks Could Kill, so. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, me too. It was, it was great. a fun movie. <laughs> the French Teacher. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but do you remember their idea for the club was just a line? Oh, the, the yeah. inside, you, you you line up outside to wait in the line inside. Like that was their whole idea for a club. <laughs> do
1: you remember the, the Chaz Palmentary character? Did you touch my ass? Would you like yeah. to? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's oh, one of my God. favorite random Chaz Puma because Chaz Puma Terry doesn't come on as playing you he does. He does play a, a very comedic character every once in a while, but mainly he plays like that really serious cop or real serious mobster like in The Bronx Tale. Right. And every once in a while he'll come in and he'll do this or he'll do Oscar, you know? You have a dangling participle. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, he was the he was the main club owner that they smoothed up to. And man, he was so funny in this. Yeah, really great movie. Uh, and like I said, that it, it kind of worked into to those characters really well because I think unlike Dan Aykroyd and Jane Curtin, they had been done with Sad Night Live for years and years and years before they'd done the Coneheads. I'm pretty sure Will Ferrell and Chris Kattan were still doing Sad Night Live in '98. So
0: yeah, I, I think this was kind of when it started. Um that you know, they were like, hey, this skit is hot and it's current, let's do it now. You know what I mean? And that's that's kind of when they hit the formula for the rest of them, I feel like. Yeah,
1: it seems brilliant to be able to do that because these these sketches are only popular for as long as they're they're on the air, you know, and then it's out of people's consciousness and people if you wait too long, people are like, What the hell is this? again? I can't even remember Exactly. Yeah. So, it, it was perfect, and it was timed very well, and it was like if you were a fan of Will Ferrell or Chris Kattan or that sketch, this was right up your alley. I always thought it was a very enjoyable movie.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Super fun.
1: Nice. All right. Let us jump. Let me cross up some stuff. Let's do the two two of the big dogs here, and we'll do them right All after right. each other because it makes sense. Uh, probably the biggest SNL movie ever made, it was in 1992, and that was Wayne's World.
0: Excellent. my
1: God. Excellent. One of my absolute favorite movies I saw it in the theater, like, I think I saw it twice or three times, and I'm pretty sure Dave saw it at least three or four times in the theater. And that might have been the movie that he had seen in the, the theater the most at the time. I mean, uh-huh. when this movie came out, it wasn't, uh, have you seen it? It was, have, how many times have you seen it? Because I've seen it three, you
0: know? Right, Yeah. Yeah, no, and like I think I told you the story the other day. You know about I saw it in the movie theater, and like you know I was so young. There were some of the jokes that I didn't get. You know what I mean. Yeah. And I still loved. I still loved the movie. You know what I mean. It was it was freaking so much fun, dude.
1: God, man, it was it was the greatest example of them working a, a great sketch into a great script that uh, was super popular and. And what was great about it, and we can kind of blend one and two together here, and uh, what was great about it is when you look at those dates, you know, Wayne's World came out in 92, and Wayne's World 2 came out in 93, so they must have just gotten off of that crazy train of stardom when the movie hit because this movie made a shitload of money i'm not sure dave check it out for us yeah Uh, i'm not sure how much money it made but it made a shitload so much so that they're like you're going back into production right now
0: you know yeah right now yeah and that's the way they should do it man oh yeah and and you know and i swear that like Without this movie, the resurgence of Queen would not have happened. Absolutely. like I am convinced, I am convinced that this was the catalyst.
1: No, I I agree with you with that one hundred percent. And it's and if that hadn't happened, I mean, you have you seen Bohemian Rhapsody yet? No. Oh man, I gotta I gotta let you borrow. My mom's got it now, and she's already watched it twice, and she said she's gonna watch it a third time. She's I oh said, wow. I said, yeah, you are just gonna be shouting queen across the room. And, uh, she didn't realize that because Mike Myers is in the movie, Mike Myers plays the asshole record producer who, who tells him that, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody is crap. And that song is never going to be a hit. And it was so great watching it. And yeah, and he's almost unrecognizable in the movie, except you can hear almost Shrek's voice. <laughs> Cause he's right. supposed to be uh British and, uh, you can hear it when you really, when someone tells you who it is and you watch it, you're like, Oh, how did I not know it was him? Uh, but, I mean, the reason they gave him that part in the role is because he changed their career for him, you
0: know? Yeah, he, and, he did. He absolutely did.
1: And I don't think that was – I mean, it was purposeful in a way, but they had no idea that it was ever going to hit as well as it did because – it repopulized a song that had come out 10 or 12 years earlier. You were like, yeah. wait, people love this song again? And that wasn't the first time that's happened. I'm sure it's happened with many a movie where they've just, if the movie was just that popular and they put the song in there or the artist, uh, it just, it went crazy. And that was what was great about both these Wayne's World is both Wayne's World's kind of featured uh, a key uh a key musical act, like beyond the Queen song that was played. You know, the first one was Alice Cooper. Right. Had that great Feed My Frankenstein song. And we, yeah. we should talk for a second. The, the soundtrack for these two movies were absolutely incredible. I mean. Oh yeah, definitely. Everyone owned the soundtrack for both these movies and they were both chock full of like great, great songs. They had that, um, uh, even the ones that like Tia Carrera was singing on her own. She was good.
0: Yeah. I was surprised yeah, how good she was.
2: Yeah, I mean, no, had to I get didn't Mr. realize. Big.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't even realize that like she was just like an actress. I thought that she was actually like a singer. You oh know? yeah,
1: I remember seeing her on old. Uh, well, it might have been after and I kind of recognized her, but I had. I know she had been on an old Mare with Children episode where she was like opposite Kelly and when they were going against a contest to each other. It might have been the first time I saw her. And then her, she, her career just became huge after that. They were throwing her in every movie. And I'm, I don't want to say Tia Kreyer is not the most talented uh, actress out there. She certainly could sing, I could tell you that. And she's gorgeous. Yeah. But she, they were throwing her in movies that she probably didn't even belong in because she was just she, so she, popular.
0: Yo, know, She was in True Lies.
1: That's right. True Lies damn I forgot she was in true lies I haven't seen true lies yeah. in a long time <laughs> uh what were some of your favorite things about the first Wayne's world
0: um dude honestly I really loved how they started it yeah coming in from the driveway and down into the show and then just Wayne breaking that in, fourth wall yeah and him just like you know hey this is my show this is my parents basement you know and then like then they go to the donut shop, and oh. Ed O'Neill's at the donut shop. Like, dude, just follow the storyline. It's my favorite part. It, it, you know it, what it I mean? Really, like, is
1: it is is constructed very very well, and it's an enjoyable movie to go back and watch all the way to like like I said, of the way they they go see the Alice Cooper concert, and they go backstage and they meet Alice and.
0: Yeah, what was great? We're not about- worthy,
1: <laughs> we're not- and- we suck. <laughs> we're scum. <laughs> well, what I liked about this, be- uh, the difference between this one and number two is they were two completely different movies, and would have been tempted to redo similar jokes again, and they did a couple, but not many. Right. Like they did the "I'm not worthy" to the uh, to Aerosmith in the right. uh, second one, but other than that, there wasn't many like redos. You know, the the first one dealt with like the Laura Flynn Boyle uh, obsession with Mike Myers and then you had the Donna Dixon kind of obsession that uh, Dana Carvey had for her and remember they used to play Foxy Lady every time he saw her yeah, and he did that absolutely. Cool, cool thing with the ears above his head yeah to absolutely yeah <laughs> And uh, they were it was all dealing with uh, Cassandra's uh, getting big and then uh, Rob Lowe playing an asshole who sure, it's, it's so sure. great watching Rob Lowe play an asshole because he's a he's a nice guy in real life and he plays a lot of nice guys. But man, when he plays an asshole like I think this and Tommy boy when I think. Of yeah, him absolutely.
2: A dick. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's literally yeah. can almost be the same character.
0: But we both know there's no film in this camera. (laughs) Oh, when (laughs) he he opens it, yeah, he starts
1: speaking Cantonese, and he's like, and he looks, Wayne looks at the camera. Oh, this guy's good. He's real good. Yeah,
0: (laughs) I'll have the cream of some young guy. (laughs) Still,
1: one of my favorite sketches is the "We won't bow down to any advertisers." Oh yes, God, dude! Like, so funny that stuff with and Brian our, Doyle Murray. That's
0: our voice, and it's the voice of a new generation. Right?
1: <laughs> Where he's opening the Domino's box and he's wearing yeah. all the
0: Pepsi gear. Yeah,
1: all that stuff with uh, Brian Doyle Murray too. When he's like a sphincter says what?
2: What? <laughs> yeah.
0: What? Yeah. Oh, that started that joke. Oh, as absolutely. far as I know, you know, like oh, so has my
1: funny. Uh, favorite line in it. If Russell was an ice cream flavor,
0: he would <laughs> <He'd> be. <laughs> Pralines and dick.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love him disassembling the flashlight when he gets to him. It's okay. It's okay, guys. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. He's one of us now. Oh my god!
1: But I, I love the second one when the the second one dealt directly with uh, the Kim Basinger character, and uh, also some of my favorite stuff where like Garth like loses his virginity to her, and then she talks him into trying to kill Wayne. He's like, you know, if you killed him, I would be here to please you always. He's a dead man. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and then obviously it dealt with uh, Wayne Palooza. You know,
0: yes, don't
1: eat the red rope licorice, whatever you do, (laughs) don't eat the red rope licorice. (laughs)
0: I, I love uh, Kevin Pollack as the guy whether they have to turn in the forms, to oh, Yes. And he's got the blue eye. Oh, God. And he's like, so we're going to go and cross the T's and dot the <laughs> lowercase j's.
1: <laughs> it's very similar. But that's like the perfect sketch for Mike Myers because it's very reminiscent to the uh, the Fred Savage scene in, uh, mole. in Austin Powers. <laughs> mole. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Just that weird thing on screen that you're trying to avoid, but you cannot stop saying what you're looking at. Uh, Mike Myers is like the king, man, for that type of stuff. Yeah,
0: he's a fucking genius.
1: Man, I love uh, Will Ferrell. uh, Not Will Ferrell. uh, Chris Farley training for the uh, the roadie.
0: Oh, yes, dude. (laughs) I got no place else to go. That's such
1: a, and for those of you who don't know, it's just a great take on the Officer and a Gentleman line where uh, Richard Gere screamed it at Lugosic Jr. It's just so clever and well done. <laughs> uh, the, the burnout kind of roadie that's teaching him all everything, that's constantly reminiscing about old, like, Ozzy had me grab brown M&Ms in from yeah. everything because he didn't like them to be in there. <laughs> yeah. And he's talking about the guns that he's going to put on each of the sides of the thing. When did you become yeah. a nut bar? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's where I started calling people nut bars too, was from that movie. Uh, then
0: so it, It's really
1: the only way to watch these two movies are like back to back, you know, man.
0: Oh yeah, dude.
1: And you also, you forget going back to number one, how topical they were. Cause if you rewatch it and you, uh, and you want to know what time period is, and then they're doing scenes like Wayne gets stopped by, uh, by Robert uh, Patrick from, uh, from terminator have you seen two. this boy have you seen yeah. this boy and <laughs> yeah if you weren't watching this at that time period you might not know what the fuck that was you know that's true it yeah, was the thing the audience went crazy when that happened because yeah. the biggest movie at that time was terminator 2 yeah and they they kind of really worked that in i love the scooby-doo endings they did for the uh um uh, yeah for the end of the first just- one
0: Let's do the super happy end. <laughs> <laughs> <Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Yeah. laughs>
1: we should also mention the uh the asshole in the second one was uh Christopher Walken. Oh that's right. Brilliant yeah. that they worked with Christopher Walken in there. He was always a big SNL kind of uh, champion, you know. So much so that they have his own DVD set out, you know. Do they really? Yeah, they have uh, – there's a couple people that have been guests on the show so many times that they have so many sketches from them that that when they were making all those DVDs, they did it. And the two that I can think of is um, Christopher Walken and Alec Baldwin. They both have their, like, own DVD set with all their famous sketches on it. You know, they have that one with – Christopher Walken, where he's playing that kind of lecherous guy that won't let the girl leave the house when he's on it. Yeah, date with her. do you remember that one? Have
0: some champagne. Now. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> or
0: the uh,
1: uh, Alec Baldwin one, where he's talking about his sweaty balls, and uh, yeah, <laughs> he's talking about oh. the uh, what was the, the Boy Scout uh, troop leader one with Adam oh, Sandler. Yeah. Oh God. my God! Yeah. So funny, man. Go back and watch some of that stuff. It's really great. Yeah.
0: I saw um, like a quote from an interview that Christopher Walken did recently, and I think that it was like in a sarcastic manner. Yeah, but he said he said that the uh, the more cowbell skit ruined his life. <laughs> um, he says that everywhere he goes, all anybody says to him anymore is "I need more cowbell," and so he said crazy. he's just. He said he's absolutely fed up with it. Like, I can see
1: that, though. You know, it's like the right. artist who's sick of playing something, and or people like how many times does Richard e, Dean Anderson even to this day get called MacGyver, <laughs> just that's walking all is. around the city? That's, he's like, you, Yeah, you know I've done other shit, right?
0: <laughs> nope.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and it's crazy, especially with Walken, because Walken has done like so much stuff oh, way above that cowbell sketch yeah. that he should be memorized uh, or memorialized for. <laughs> yeah.
0: They eventually all come psychopaths. back to it though. Yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> all right, let's move on from Wayne's World here. This was this next one, excuse me, this was the, uh, a one that I was one of the few champions of this movie because I used to love the sketch and I loved Al Franken. And the movie, yeah. there were parts of it that didn't work for the movie, but overall I thought it was an enjoyable movie was uh, 1995's Stuart Saves His Family.
0: Dude, great movie!
1: It's such a it's such a random movie too. You can find you can talk to like fifty big movie fans, and I guarantee you probably only five of them have even seen it, let alone heard of this movie.
0: You know, but at the same time, I bet if you said I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me, they'd go, "Oh, yeah," you know, like the catchphrase was what was the, what made this movie possible. Yeah, and it know? was
1: one of the ones that I you shouldn't like the sketch because it's so slow it's so methodical but you just liked al franken and his delivery with it and yeah. how he was he had so such great mannerisms uh when he played that character and the character looked nothing like him too i mean he was a guy that had like uh glasses and the curliest fro you'd ever seen Yeah, uh, i remember the first time i saw him might have been uh uh, trading, places. trading places. Yeah, trading Absolutely. places for sure. When he played it's the my turn channel. to drive. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: my No, no, uh, you took it already and all I did was take it and drop it off. Well that counts.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think that monkey likes that monkey. <laughs> yeah. Such a great, uh, and, and this was a great sketch. So if, so if you're not familiar with the Stewart character, he was like a motivational speaker and he was, uh, he had like a sketch and it was a, such a simple sketch. They ended up branching out to a different, a couple different sketches. But when it first started on set live, it was just him sitting in front of a mirror, you know, and he was talking to himself and he was trying to like uh, reaffirm to himself. Like you said, that he's, he's good enough and doggone it. People like you. And right. uh, I always thought it was such a fantastic, kind of dysfunctional family movie you know when you think of dysfunctional families this is a great one people also yeah. forget that the great vincent d'onofrio was in this movie absolutely plain is like kind of i don't want to say abusive brother but it was definitely kind of a uh a rough and tumble relationship that he had with him i love the father in this movie the father is uh he's recently become a lot more famous because of that ozark series uh, this guy plays uh, the old guy in Ozarks that uh, Jason Bateman and his family live at a house and he lives in the basement. So I'm, I'm glad to see that he's getting kind of a revitalized career from it. Uh, but I always remember him from Scarface. He was the, uh, remember, he was the guy that got, uh, he was the shady cop. Remember when uh, Tony Montana killed uh, Robert Loja?
2: Robert Loja. <laughs> yeah, remember
1: when he shot Robert Loja in that room? Yeah. And then he turns the gun on that like pompous cop that's sitting there, and he uh, and then he ends up shooting the cop, and he's like, you can't kill a cop. That's yeah. the guy who played Stewart's father. Uh, Interesting. In I didn't realize that. Yep, he was really good. And who else? I'm not sure who played the mother. Uh, it, it was just a fun, fun movie. Did you watch this when it came out?
0: I did, yeah. Um, I think I saw this on HBO. I don't think I saw this in the theater But also got to give a little throwback throwback shout-out to Phil Hartman because he's the voice of the intro when they lead into Stewart's show – and it says Stuart Smalley is a member of several twelve-step programs, yes. and like he is not a licensed therapist. You know what I mean? Like it's a total disclaimer, and it's Phil Hartman that does that. I fucking love it.
1: Yeah, and I don't want to jump forward to to Ladies Man quite yet, but there is some serious similarities between this and Ladies Man. You know, it was especially with that uh, you know that irreverent guy who's on the radio or on television, and he doesn't uh, and he ends up getting fired for doing what he loves. And, and that was kind of the premise for Stuart Saves' family because you're you're thinking going to this movie, he's like, oh, he's a motivational speaker. We'll see a whole movie about that. But like within the first like five or ten minutes of the movie, he gets fired from his job. And then he yeah. has to go back and he has to uh, be with his family. And it's just breaking down his his life that he once had. Uh, were there any particular scenes in this uh, movie that you really enjoyed?
0: Um, Let's see. I... I liked the interactions between him and the station manager that fired him. Yeah, like, or when he had to go back know, to her. <laughs> that's what I mean, you yeah. know, like, uh, those those were fun. And, I, I mean, the thing is, is, like, honesty, honestly, this movie is kind of tragic, you know, it because... Is. There his, is
1: a lot of, like, serious stuff to this movie, too. You go into it, like, rewatching it, and you're thinking, oh, this was just going to be a funny kind of lark of an SNL film, but there is some touching kind of moments into it.
0: Well, like, I mean, his brother and his dad are complete alcoholics and his dad shoots his brother while they're deer hunting and then his brother gets sober, (laughs) uh, you know, and then they try and get the dad to go to rehab and like, you know, like there's, there's an accumulation of the movie near the end where you're like, wow, this is like, I mean, you're not bawling in tears, but you're like, wow, this is actually, you know, this is actually like a a powerful kind of movie, you know, And, and like you said. I, you know, I watched this recently and I was like, oh shit, I forgot he was in this. And like, he really does lend some credibility. Like Al Franken is kind of the only comedic one in like a group of like serious actors. That's a really great
1: point. It's very, very true too. And this was before, I mean, obviously it was after Full Metal Jacket, but D'Onofrio has, like, if you look at his career, he's done, he's made some really interesting choices in what he's done. Some really popular movies and then some obscure stuff. I mean, if if you were to put together, like, a whole kind of uh, clips of D'Onofrio's stuff, he's had, like, an, an insane career. So it's interesting that he would have taken this type of movie. And he was great in it. Like you said, he was really, really good. Yeah. I mean yeah I think of like him without the nose in that uh that one I was talking about early, uh, a couple pods ago where he was uh, snorting heroin and everything or you think of him in the cell where he plays the serial killer and everything and then he just plays this tragic kind of alcoholic I love when they tried to trick their dad into like the intervention and everything and yeah I, I think that's what did it too you know you're you're watching this movie and it's funny and it's it's clever and everything and then halfway through you're like wow this family is like half the families I know
2: <laughs> exactly it's not my
1: own you know yeah (laughs) yeah i it was one of those sketches that i always liked which i think a lot of people didn't so they didn't understand that they were going to make a movie out of it and i was right out of high school i think i had seen this movie i must have rented it and i i always was one of the bigger champions for it i was like you know Stuart saves his family is actually a pretty decent movie uh even if you did not like the uh the sketch that much it was good
0: yeah. You know, I, I just real quick, the intro to his little show or whatever, like the music to it Yeah, always, always reminds me of Deep Thoughts by Jack Handy. Do you remember those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, those were so <laughs> funny, dude.
1: <laughs> there was a lot of reoccurring sketches at that time during SNL, too, that... Uh, that you'd either know right off the bat, like that one you would, because they put that title card up and you'd hear that music, like you said, and you yeah. were like, oh, they're going to do a Stewart sketch. Or remember yeah. how many sketches they did with Phil Hartman as that uh, that like Neanderthal lawyer? Oh, Do I don't remember one? that. He he was like a caveman lawyer and it was like Phil Hartman and they had just given him this fake kind of jutting out forehead and everything. And they must <laughs> have had like ten sketches on it. And I was like, man, I was at that time I was like, Are they gonna make a movie out of that? Because it would actually be pretty damn funny. <laughs> Never did. I'll but, have to look that up. Yeah, yeah no, Oh yeah, I'll, I'll have to show you. The, you I might love recognize Phil the image. <laughs> All right, this next one. We'll go this was probably the the last one that's come out, <clears throat> and we'll jump to this one next. And uh, you've talked about it before on the pod, but I had never seen it until the last three weeks, and I loved it. This is 2010's McGruber.
0: Yeah, this one's fun, dude.
1: It's a lot better of a movie than you ever think it's going to be, too, you know? Yeah. And that might be just because it's one of the few action movies that they actually had on here. So there was action involved in it and uh, obviously comedy. And I wasn't watching a lot of Saturday Night Live when Will Forte was on the show. I don't know what was going on in my life uh during that time period but I didn't watch a lot of SNL so I I discovered Will Forte a little bit later than everybody else.
2: Mhm.
0: Like a lot. Yeah,
1: I, mean, I think a lot later than everyone else to be honest. To, with, like, to the yeah, point like where it came out I was Earth. like who the hell is this guy?
0: <laughs> right, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, so, and I was kind of at the same, like, same area as far as, like, keeping up with SNL at that time, but I did see quite a few where, and, like, it seemed like every time I watched it, MacGruber was on there, so at the time, I guess he was that, like, you know, running theme throughout that season, whatever year that was, um, and, you know, and, like, like you said, dude, I mean, this movie was pretty good, you know, like, and it was funny. Yeah, It was
1: one of the last movies we got to see Val Kilmer in before he had his uh, throat cancer. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I looked up a lot about him. Do you know he's got like one of those trichotomies in his uh, throat?
0: Really? I did not know that.
1: Well, we're never going to hear him speak again like
0: it's that's insane it's it's not getting
1: better so (laughs) and that's why when you see him he's got like a uh, usually if you see him in public now and he looks better i mean he's recovering and everything but he's never going to recover his voice again and so he's got a bandana over his throat that uh that keeps people from seeing his uh his kind of trach um is I think it's a trachon a stoma, I think is what that what they call it. A stoma in the uh in the throat when you have that hole in your throat and you have to have that kind of mechanical voice. Which I always thought was really incredible when they worked him into uh the Jane Silent Bob reboot, because apparently uh it came across Kevin Smith's desk that he uh that uh Val Kilmer was interested in something and Kevin uh emailed Val Kilmer and Val Kilmer was like I would love to be in your new movie dude, but I have this throat problem. And he was like, Well, I want you to play silent Bob in the movie that they're making in the movie And he's like, Well, that's goddamn perfect, man. He says, I don't that's have to great. I don't have to talk in it and he's like, No, he says I'll just work it around, that character and everything. He's like, I'm fucking in, man. And it's some that's of the funniest awesome. stuff in the movie too. So I've really appreciated what they had done with him in there. And it also makes me think because I know he's going to be in the new Top Gun movie. I'm wondering what are they going to do with him in the Top Gun movie? You know?
0: Yeah, that's interesting.
1: It, it's going to be really weird and interesting to see because I mean he looks good, but yeah, that throat cancer man. Ugh. and it was, and that's what makes me think of it when I when I look at MacGruber now being just 2010 that he was he was talking he was he was kick ass made a great villain. You know?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Uh, also in it, I loved uh, I love Kristen Wiig in this. Uh, one of my yeah, favorite yeah. reoccurring kind of moments in this uh, movie is when he's dressing like when he dresses her up to look like him <laughs> yeah. and, and then the reveal when they, when he does it to Ryan Philippi is one of my funniest, my, one of my favorite moments because they don't make it obvious until they like pan over. And then he's, yeah. uh, he's automatically dressed like MacGruber. And you're like, Oh my God, this is just goddamn hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> so for those who don't, re- don't realize it, MacGruber is just a take on MacGyver. You know, he's, he's right. like MacGyver, but he's an idiot and yeah. he uses what he can and it, like you've talked about it before, I love the the kind of opening, which is very reminiscent to Rambo, um, Rambo two or Rambo three, when he's got to recruit uh, MacGruber to go back in and take out the the terrorists and everything, and it's just so much goddamn fun.
0: My favorite scene yeah. is the van scene. Fuck the brass! Fuck the oh, yeah. brass! <laughs>
1: that's uh, my favorite scene I love the celery scene because it makes absolutely no sense and it's just funny to <laughs> yeah that is
0: funny <laughs> never <yeah>. say never <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really good man um, yeah or or I have to say both of the sex scenes are hilarious oh my
1: god the ones with Maya Rudolph
0: yes oh. well wow, whoa.
1: (laughs) I was watching it recently and my wife's in the room and she ends up, she's not paying attention, she's doing work stuff and she looks up and she's like, what in the hell are you watching? (laughs) Because it goes on forever, you know?
0: It's so funny though, dude. Like, it's so uncomfortable Especially with with Will Forte and Maya Rudolph, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, like just because of who they are and like, oh, and the way that they're acting, like, oh my god, it's so fucking funny and twisted at the same time. Man, it's a it's a
1: great. I love that whole wedding scene. It, re- it reminds me of Kill Bill, you know. And I I love uh, when Maya Rudolph is killed and they show it from. Uh, Kristen Wiig's point Kristen of view Wiggs. and yeah. her blood just goes all over Kristen Wiggs' face man it might be the yeah. funniest thing I've seen Kristen Wiig in actually to be honest with you she's so funny she's such a great like I'm your partner here is this what's gonna happen she yeah. just goes through the whole I, movie oblivious
0: yeah I, I peed my pants <laughs> I, I peed them.
1: Oh, <laughs> well, when she's going! Remember, she's he's talking to her through the at the uh, coffee shop at the coffee shop. Oh my god, <laughs> yeah. dude! And she's freaking out and screaming, and everyone in the coffee shop doesn't know that she's listening to somebody in her ear. And yeah, everything, and she's screaming her head off, and everyone's freaking out. It would have been uh, such a great scene if the, it was like improvised, and they didn't even tell the uh, real like patrons people. in the, in the uh, store what was going on because the reaction uh-huh. seemed like that. I mean, obviously. Yeah. It's a a big movie, so they didn't do that, but it was really, really fucking funny, man. And enjoyable.
0: Yeah. No, it really was.
1: And as far as like action stuff, I mean, Jesus, there's some explosions and gunfire and squibs and like violence in this thing that you never expected going into it.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: I mean, it's the only one of all these movies that is like that, really, too.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, And also, without saying anything, the very, very end is hilarious, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's really fun, man. I'm,
1: I knew this was a movie I was gonna like. I just hadn't uh, got around to watching it, and I'm I'm super glad that I've finally got to see it because I'll, I'll watch it several more times. And it's one <laughs> of the last, like I said, that it's um it's 2010, so there hasn't been a Sad Night Live movie in the last 10 years. But when you yeah. think about it, it's not they don't do a lot of those sketches that you could think that would translate well. There's not a lot of reoccurring sketches anymore
0: on Sad Night no. Live. No, there's really not. And and Um, I'm
1: always waiting whenever I see an actor, because there's some actors on Saturday Night Live that you're like, I like this person. They just haven't found the right thing for this guy yet, or this girl. But you know, they eventually will.
0: So that's that's how I feel about Bobby Moynihan. Yeah,
1: yeah. They they never, other than maybe Drunk Uncle, they never really found like something major for him.
0: Yeah, and he's actually a good actor. There's this really random movie that I I really. Like a lot. It's got Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, it's called Killing Gunther. Um, I've, heard
1: of it. I've never seen it.
0: Yeah, it's ridiculous, but I, I love it. um But there's this scene where he does like a moment of like real actual dramatic acting. And bro, he's incredible. Like, I literally bought, because I'm a fan of his, part of the reason I bought the movie was because of this one 30 second monologue that wow. he does. And it's just like, She's like, wow, dude. I mean, of course, it was like four bucks. You know what I mean? I can not go and spend $25 <laughs> Sorry, Bobby, but you know, like I wonder um, what he's
1: doing. I remember being really sad when uh when he left SNL. He was like one yeah. of our favorite guys, me and yeah. my wife. And I was like, oh, Bobby's leaving. That really sucks. And and then he hasn't been going on to do stuff. I was like, oh, at least if he's leaving, he must be leaving for uh for movies and stuff like that. And I haven't seen him in the longest yeah, time. This-
0: this was a movie with him and Taron Killam. And, he was another uh, guy.
1: He was another guy that left so early that I think he thought his career was going to be huge. And, and I don't know what the fuck he's been up to.
0: Yeah, I don't either. I think they just did a movie together and threw Arnold Schwarzenegger in it and made it a an assassination comedy. Yep. and. That's what they're doing. And
1: that T.R.M. guy, he was in uh, Heat. He was in that uh, Melissa McCarthy, Sandra Bullock movie, and that was, I think, the first thing he had done after he left left SNL. So I think that's what he thought was going to be huge after that. And I right. think that's what's going to happen with uh, another cast member that I really like, uh, and we could talk about him for a little bit, Was is Pete Davidson. Who, oh, yeah, who came dude. on real slow, but I think people all realized this guy has got some serious talent and some of the best stuff they've had him do is just the stuff that they have him do on a weekend update being himself kind of yeah, like what absolutely. they used to do with Adam Sandler and, and a couple of those actors that they were like, just have him come out there and be himself because he's just so damn funny.
0: Yeah. And like he brings his mom, remember he brought his mom on mother's day.
1: Absolutely. And yeah, yeah he's, and he's, uh, he's quarantined with her. Like when he's been doing that recent one that's been playing, uh, the recent, I think they just had their, uh, season finale, but the last couple episodes of Saturday Night Live that they had to do were quarantined ones. And he's quarantined her with in at her house in Staten Island. So he's worked her into a lot of his sketches and just kind of his stuff with her. And he's, we yeah. should mention it too, because you had even sent me the trailer the other day and I had seen it already because, uh, they played it a few times during the SNL, uh, Broadcast was that new movie he's got coming, that new Judd Apatow movie he's got coming out. What is it? King of Staten Island? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah. Looks great, man. Dude, it looks fantastic.
0: And and that's one thing about Pete Davidson, too, is like to have seen, because I mean, bro, he's gone through some shit. You know what I mean? I remember at a
1: point I told my wife, I said, enjoy him now because he's not going to be here for long. (laughs)
0: No, I didn't think he was going to last, bro. I really didn't. Like, I, I thought we were watching his downs, downward spiral. And, like, I don't know. Like, he, he somehow turned things around. He's doing better. I mean, but, like, I, to watch his arc through his career in oh, SNL is, yeah. as, as like, you know, I think he, I feel like he's probably, like, the most socially active, reported on. Like, people keep up keep tabs on his life yeah, you know I th- what i mean I like think
1: after that ariana grande thing came on he got like a whole different level of stardom you know when when they dated for that short period of time and then they broke up and everything and people all knew who Pete Davidson was and then he was coming on and he was being completely honest about his life and I remember him coming on and like shitting on Staten Island so bad and he's still Mm -hmm. living in Staten Island. I'm like, man, he's really shitting on it, hardcore here and I had heard a bunch of people from Staten Island saying, fuck that guy and this and that and I was like, come on, man, he's a comedian. He's being funny. And now he comes out with the the king of Staten Island so obviously they're... embraced him or uh i would assume this is a movie that's going to come out digitally i mean obviously half the movies yeah, no, that it, come out it, now are so
0: it's like june 13th or something like that it comes out on demand nice um, i'll definitely
1: check it out i think it's going to be yeah, no, really me too. really great and yeah i think it's going to be fantastic Judd apatow usually doesn't produce bad stuff and they they've both been pimping it hardcore so i'm excited to see what he's going to be doing yeah me too uh all right Let's go to this next one here, man. I I love this. I always I had mentioned him earlier. I always loved Tim Meadows, and we talked about Absolutely. people that uh, we talked about actors on Saturday Live that were constantly trying to find their niche of uh, of a specific sketch that worked well for them. And it took Tim Meadows a long time. He he was always just that token black guy that they would throw into the sketch and everything, yeah. and there was nothing really memorable about him until. 2000s, the ladies' man.
0: Who is the lady? lady. Oh, that's the <laughs> <stuff>. <laughs> let me get some cavassier uh, on the rock. My
1: cavassier. Yes, that is my <laughs> drink.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I always love the ladies, man. I was yeah. super disappointed the other day, where uh, it was like two weeks ago. I was going back through some of these SNL movies, and I was like, oh, man, it's the afternoon. You know, nothing's going on. I'm gonna watch the ladies, man, because I have it I have a list on my phone of all like 1900 movies I own. Uh, and right. I, I look on it and it's like the ladies man. I was like, awesome. I have it. I own it. And I went into my box and I pulled it out. And it's like the 1960s ladies man with Jerry Lewis. And I was like, oh, oh fuck. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I don't own the ladies man. <laughs> uh, luckily, uh. I found it on Amazon Prime, pipping out oh, Amazon nice. Prime a little bit. So I was able to rewatch it and everything. It's, oh, it's such a fun ass movie, man.
0: I, this is one I haven't seen in a long time, but I absolutely loved this movie. I, I'm a little fuzzy on it, but I mean, I remember the character and him being on the radio and everything like that. Like
1: it was a great uh-huh. sketch. It was it was one of those sketches when you were when you heard that they were making of the movie and it made sense to you. Unlike Stuart says family, they were they were like, really, they gonna make a movie out of that sketch? Yeah. With exactly. the ladies, man, you were like, uh, oh, it's about time. I mean, because yeah. that has got. Uh, movie written all over it and they did a great job man i love uh some of the the like ancillary characters in this like uh billy d williams as the kind of bar owner and then jonathan witherspoon was in this movie Still, one of my favorite parts is when they're having like the soul food eating contest back and forth to see who's more street.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, when they're eating all the bar food that no one has touched, like the pickled eggs and the pickled pigs' feet. Oh, that's funny. Heart. Oh my god! And they keep going back and forth. And the guy's like, "You don't think I'll eat this? I'll eat this. I grew up on this stuff." Yeah, and, uh it's so nasty. The stuff they're pulling out of jars. What's, and eating what's it.
0: the what's the final one on that? I I'm not remember. sure
1: what they call it, but I uh-huh. know what it actually was <laughs> because yeah. Jonathan Witherspoon's just like, "You just ate shit." <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> and then yeah. you hear the black eyes. He's running out of the room. Why do you even have that in jars? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You just ate some shit. Uh, and the uh, I love his uh his like radio girl there or the uh, the producer was uh, Hillary from um from Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Oh really? Yeah, she was like the love interest in this. Who she she went on to do a few different movies. Remember, she was the love interest in uh, Major Pain with uh, oh that's with right. Damon Wayans. Yeah. Yep, which is another <laughs> movie we have not talked news. a lot about uh, Major Pain on this podcast. So we'll have to work that in on one of these. <laughs> yeah, another great absolutely. one. But yeah, ladies, man, so funny, man. It was just – what I like about it is – do you remember he was – it was very lover boy in a little bit of a ways where he was sleeping with everyone's girlfriend and wife in town. Right. To the point where they had like support group meetings (laughs) and they they all met each other. Remember Will Ferrell was like – was one of the main guys. Uh, That's right. He had like a major role in this where they he was riling all the guys up and we have to find the ladies, man, and we have to kill him to the point where they like got like tortures and shit and they're like walking <laughs> yeah. down the street. And one of the other guys that was uh, – there's two other guys that were really funny in that, uh, in that group. One of them was the big fat white guy from uh, Armageddon.
0: Yeah, you know what yeah, yeah, I'm talking I about. about. He was that, also yeah. on Herman's Head. He was Herman's really, really Head. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's great. Yeah.
1: You can't say Herman's Head to many people. I'm surprised you know what it is. <laughs> oh, dude, I loved that. Show. I, loved I loved it.
0: his role on that show. God, That's he was how the one, I knew man. Who he was. Yeah, yeah, he was um, the one. that was great. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, I just got to do like a little side throw here sure. to to semi pro the scene, and it's like the only scene that uh, Tim uh, Tim Meadows is in. I was about to say Tim Robbins. Tim Meadows is in. Um, when they're sitting around the table playing, uh, playing cards and he calls the guy a cocksucker. Oh yeah. Yeah,
1: oh my god you know. that was a funny that was one of the funniest movies you've introduced me to to be honest uh, with you I, I remember buying it because it was like you find it cheap everywhere I find it like all oh, yeah. day long you can find it for like two bucks I, $3.99 and they, yeah and they made one that was widescreen and one that was full screen which means that they just have twice as many out there and everything and I remember buying it and I was thought it was so fucking funny dude really yeah. good
0: that's a, and it was just a, such a great little fucking scene too. yeah
1: that's one of the best scenes in the movie
0: yeah, I did get shot.
1: <laughs> and Tim Meadows has made a career uh, recently. I mean, it took him a while after kind of SNL and some of these movies and everything, but he's in the Goldbergs. He plays like the oh, principal yeah, the in the— Or was it, is it the principal he plays or the guidance counselor? He's either the principal or the guidance counselor, but he carries through to that new show, Schooled, which I'm not a huge fan. I don't like it as much as the Goldbergs, but he's a major player in that uh, in that show.
0: What's the one where he has a son that's just like him?
1: On a show you said, or uh...
0: yeah, it's it's a show, and this like whenever the sun says like what he says the same thing. Damn, I don't know what that is. Oh, I'll have to find. Man, I'd have to look
1: that up. He he's one of those guys that I always liked. He was always recognizable. And He was so imperative to Stat Night Live. A lot of those like uh, a lot of those. uh, African-American actors that come on to Saturday Night Live and people are like, oh, he's just like the token black guy that's on there and everything. And they've got a lot more diverse over the years and everything because it's true. I mean, mean, look how long it took before they got an Asian actor uh, or an Asian comedian on Saturday Night Live. I mean, not until recently has there been one. And I remember... I mean, you could almost go through and name all the black actors that were on set and live, starting with Garrett Morris. You know, I mean, you had Garrett Morris, and then you ha- yeah. had um, Eddie, Murphy Eddie Murphy, and Keenan yep. was always uh, huge. But when well, Keenan leaves, it's going to be Chris Rock for sure.
0: Yeah, you when, know,
1: when Keenan leaves, it's going to be a sad day because that guy—he's been there for probably—he has to have been there for like ten or twelve years
0: at least. Who's I—I I, I can't think of his name. Um, he does Weekend Update with uh, Oh Michael Che. Oh, he's so really fucking good. funny,
1: dude. Yeah, he's a good stand-up comedian. And that that's really, in my opinion, the best SNL guys are the ones that come from stand-up comedian, where they can just come on and rip. That seems like the best job. Him and uh, Michael Che and uh, what, Casey Jost probably have yeah. the two best jobs in uh, in show business, in my opinion. They come on, <sighs> they have one week to work on their side of that sketch of weekend update, and then they just yeah. deliver it and they nail it.
0: Well, and they did, they got their own little spinoff show last summer, and oh, it, really? like, they did like they did like three episodes huh. and then canceled it. Like, And I would have loved to have seen that, but I'll tell you, dude, one of the funniest things that I love is at the end of the year, you know, when know they do their season say. finale, oh, yeah. and they make each other read what they write for each other. Yeah, oh, yeah, man. Oh, my God. Oh, that is... One of the funniest things I've ever seen on television. Oh, it's always <laughs> like, something
1: really bad too. And you're like, oh god! Shit.
0: And, and Michael Che does it so much worse. Yeah. To to I to what's his name? I, oh uh, Casey it's, Casey Jones. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, dude, it's so funny. Man, man. I,
1: and talk about winning the uh, the lottery for uh, Mr. Jones there too. He's quarantined. I love Michael Che giving him shit for it, and he says, "Yeah, I'm over here, uh, living left right, living life rough, and you're uh, you're held up." with scarlett johansson i said i don't want to I know it it. yeah (laughs) Uh, really really funny all right let's go on to this next one now this next one is so tragic (laughs) yeah no i i I hate to shit on any of these but this is the one that it and i do have a soft spot on it so i'll only mildly shit on it and it was a sketch that certainly could not work today let alone no. make a movie out of it. And I had no. mentioned briefly, if you had listened to the last pod, how tragic this movie actually was. So yeah, I heard. Th- the movie is 1994's It's Pat. And <laughs> if you haven't heard about it, you're probably in the uh, majority of people that haven't heard about it. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of people that haven't heard about it. And it's a straight-up making fun of uh, a transgendered person, basically. You you don't know if it's a man or a woman, and that was the sketch. You know, they had the great Julia Sweeney came in, and she was very androgynous. She had this curly hair, the glasses, and this uh, kind of button-down shirt and everything. And the sketch that always played on Saturday and Live was – the other characters asking questions that would maybe reveal uh, if she was a uh, a man or a woman, and right. her answers were always cleverly done well, where you still could not figure it out. Yeah, and it was good. It was great as a sketch. I thought it was really yeah. really funny. Uh, no, and it,
0: the, as a sketch, as a sketch, it worked. Yeah, but as a movie, not it so did much. not. <laughs>
1: yeah, and I rewatched the movie, and I was. I had even told you that it's, it's such a hard movie to find that I actually had to rent it. Uh, and hopefully that money went to their overall uh, gross, which I doubt because the movie, it's almost comical and I'm sure there have been movies that have made less than this, but for a big budget kind of USA release, it made $60,000 in the movie. That's theater. insane. And there's no way that-, that it cost less than a million. I mean Dude. there's no mili- there's no movie that would have back in the day or even now that you could make that's like a micro micro budget uh it just for the actor's salary it's, it's got to be like insane so
0: I I almost I almost feel like I might have been a part of that 60,000 <laughs> really? <laughs> I I I I want to say that I saw this in the theater, dude. Wow. I I might be mistaken, but I want to say that I'm in that minority.
1: And a lot of people couldn't be talked into going into it too, because you remember there was an androgynous character that they worked into the sketch with her on Saturday Night Live, the actual show. And Dana Carvey Mm -hmm. played that character. You couldn't tell what sex he was either. Right. uh, He wouldn't do the movie. His name was
0: His name was Chris.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. So they couldn't get him to do the movie. So they got. Dave Foley to come on, it. and Dave Foley's like, I'm your Huckleberry. I've been dressed yeah. up like women for years because exactly. he's been on uh, Kids in the Hall and uh, went on to do news radio and all these other great stuff. I've always been a huge Dave he's Foley. So fan. great, he's, yeah, he's a really great
0: fan. All all of the kids in the Hall, dude. I grew up on them, man. They're yeah, fucking awesome. I
1: like all of them. Dave Foley's probably my favorite just because I'm such a huge news radio guy, and I, I love that he kind of made it big on that show. Uh,
0: who's who's the guy and he's in the next one we won't go into all that but he crossed over from Kids in the Hall to SNL for like two seasons.
1: Yep, I know I know what he looks like but I could never I could not tell yeah. you his name to save my yeah. life. But every time I see him I'm like, yep, that's the one of the Kids in the Hall guys.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: Really great. That was one of those shows that you either really liked or you really did not understand and yeah. you'd find different people in different camps on it and everything. I thought there were sketches that I thought didn't work but there were so many sketches that worked. Yeah. So he was like, I, I give him props for coming on and saying, yeah, I'll do this movie and everything. And yeah. literally it's, it's what the sketch is, but it's a whole hour and a half long trying to find out what Pat
0: is. <laughs> and, well, and I don't think you ever even, I, I don't think they ever even distinguish.
1: No, that was like a question that still never, it wasn't answered at the end of the movie, you know, or something right. like that. I, that wasn't really the even importance to it. It was just like how she was going about it. And I, I love, uh, and there was some decent funny stuff about the movie, you know, and I, I love the, the neighbor that was obsessed with her so much that yes, he could not right. stop. It was like dressing like her, would put the hair on his head. And he, <laughs> yeah. he would make out to pictures of her and it got so obsessed that he broke into her computer to read her diary. And, was it uh,
0: the guy from Stranger? things?
1: No. No. Ah, uh, damn, I have seen him before, but I'm not sure what he had done. He's yeah. he's a big character actor during the 90s for sure. But there's a great scene where he is uh he's trying to figure out her password to get into her journal and everything and she jokes so he's She's like, what's your password and everything? I can't tell you that. And he says, but I can tell you it's in the dictionary. And so he yeah. literally sits down with the dictionary and for like a week tries every word in the dictionary. And, and clearly yeah. it's the last Z word in the dictionary. Yeah. And then when he finally gets into it, it's like the most boring shit you've ever read in your life. Yeah. Yeah. But what was interesting about this movie, it was it was similar to The Ladies' Man in as much as uh, she ends up getting her own radio show. And she goes right. on there, and she talks, and she just tells people kind of straight up what she feels about them and everything. And I, I say she because I, I just know Julia, Julia Sweeney's playing the character. Sure, uh, but there was some, there was a couple funny scenes. I remember laughing at. Uh, it, it's such an old bit, but for some reason her delivery was so funny. Where they did that. Uh, uh, is that a banana in your pocket? And he says, and she pulls it out. Yes, it is. And if you're hungry, you can get your own damn food.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I
1: thought it was really funny. But uh, talk about tragic to to go through all that work to make a big budget. I mean, not big, but big enough budget to have all these great actors involved with it, and then. They pulled it within a week. I mean, that's the reason, really, it only made $60,000, that it was like a travesty when it came out. It got such bad reviews that the studio pulled it, That's which, crazy. which makes no sense. I don't know why you just don't keep it out there and it will at least make some sort of money. Maybe they thought, hey, the these reviews are going to kill it for when it comes out on DVD, maybe, or something like that, so let's get rid of it now, and maybe we can recoup our money on home video sales, but... No, it really didn't, man. <laughs> it Really didn't. Yeah, recoup there's shit, shit, right?
0: You're gonna get a thank you letter for renting it. <laughs> yeah, I know. What the hell? <laughs> From Lauren <Lord> Michaels, like
1: <laughs> you know, like alarms went off at Apple and everything. Someone yeah, just rented yeah. Pat. <laughs> yeah,
0: something. You you launched a nuke or something with that <laughs> one, bro? <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Yeah, it wasn't good. <laughs> it really,
1: it wasn't a good movie and everything. But it, like I said, there's no way in the world you try to pitch this movie to a Hollywood exec today and you will be like run out of the offices.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And she
1: did. I felt bad for her because the same year and she was good friends with uh, Quentin Tarantino and I heard that Quentin Tarantino even helped with a couple of the jokes on the script which obviously didn't help shit. Uh, But it was the same year he had put um, he had done Pulp Fiction the same year. Remember he put her in that small scene where she worked at the uh, Remember the Wolf Brought the Car it with the bodies to that, uh, uh, to that, what is it, that junkyard that was supposed to destroy the vehicles? Remember at the end? Oh, yeah. And That's she right. was working, uh, she was in the scene she was with his the wolf. niece or,
0: yeah, she was his niece or something like that.
1: Yeah. And, uh, that was her small scene. I think she only got it because of, uh, Quentin Tarantino. But apparently she had done, um, It was such a big kind of hit to her career and to that character that I think she played it one more time for some like benefit. She dressed up as Pat one more time, and that was it. That was the last time that... It, she had ever done it or even mentioned it, and it was—it's kind of like the black stain of uh, of SNL film. So if if you're a fan or if you own its pat, you are in the minority, man. Yeah, for sure. More power to you. You definitely deserve an award. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh,
1: all right, this next one, man, and this was one that I always liked too, and I always had friends at that time that were doing that little thing that Molly used to, Shannon used to do with her hands under her armpits and everything. And this Superstar. was 1999's Superstar. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't seen this in forever until a couple weeks ago. And, no, me neither. And unlike It's Pat, Superstar was actually really funny.
0: Uh, no, yeah, it was fun. And
1: dude. a lot of it was because Molly Shannon is just really, really ingenious, and I always thought she was super, super funny. And she's she's worked her way into several TV shows. I remember she played uh, – Uh, She was a major character in the middle and she played one of the major character sisters in the middle. So I've seen her on like random uh, sitcoms ever since then, but she was always one of my favorite things on that era's uh, SNLs for a lot of the. Oh yeah.
0: She was, she was great, dude. I'm pretty sure she was in the sweaty balls. uh, Skit. Yeah.
1: Yep. 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 And she definitely was. And man, she's so good and everything and she can play like ridiculous. And this was a, a character that they obviously developed on Saturday night live where she was just really insecure and she would dig her hands in her armpits and then all of a sudden snap them up to her hands and smell them. <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh, <laughs>
1: oh, God. But the movie is so funny, man. Did, uh, did, you re- did you watch this movie back in the day or was this one that you kind of uh, revisited?
0: Uh, no, I mean, I watched it back then. Um, I, I didn't see it in the theater. You know what I mean? I'm sure I probably saw it on like HBO or something yeah. like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, dude, man, she was great, dude, and, uh, uh, on
1: Will Ferrell was so young in this movie. When you you go back and rewatch it, you're like, holy shit, I can't believe that's Will Ferrell. He's so damn young. Yeah, it's crazy. And what I liked about it is it showed her kind of physical comedy. There's a great scene where she walks into a gymnasium and she trips over the folding chairs. The chairs, And she keeps tripping over and over and over until she's falling down and she's getting up. And it just is... It's one of those Jerry Lewis-type comedy scenes where you just are are impressed with how someone... how great someone's physical com- uh, comedy is.
0: Yeah, no, I was watching that scene and I just kept waiting for her to fall and she yep. never did, <laughs> yeah, you know.
1: She's just slipping. <laughs> <laughs> so, why don't you tell us a little bit about a uh, Superstar? Do you, uh, do you remember what the premise is?
0: So, it's about a girl named Mary Catherine Gallagher. <laughs> you didn't um, remember name. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I watched this last night. Oh, nice. Oh, then you're uh, the perfect yeah. person to ask. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, and ever since she's been a little kid, um, she's always wanted to be famous so that like she could kiss boys <laughs> um, and her parents died in a tragic accident and she lives with her grandmother. Um, and so like the movie starts off with her at a swimming pool. And she she says there's two ways that you can uh, approach life and two ways that you can get into a swimming pool. You can either dip your toe in and then slowly get in and let your body adjust or you can run, jump and go full force, you know. And so this little girl does this and she jumps right on top of this kid and basically (laughs) like knocks him out and has to like save him. You know what I mean? And she gets out. Yeah, she gets out, and I, I think she says lifeguard and not superstar at this point. But, you know, she yeah. throws her hands up. <laughs> and then and then they fast-forward to her at, like... So this is really funny, because they're all supposed to be in, like, high school. Right? Yeah. It's like Molly Shannon oh and Will God. Ferrell. Tom Green is in this. Yeah, Tom you know? Green. I
1: forgot Tom Green yeah. was in oh, this.
0: He's such an asshole in this Man. movie, too. Um, And, like, I don't know who her best friend is in this movie, but I love her best friend's character. Yeah. She's just, like... Super highly energetic, you know, like, just kind of quirky, like, really fun. Um, and so this is, like, her life story about how she wants to be a superstar. And she's in love with Will Ferrell, who's uh, dating, you know, like, the prettiest girl in mm-hmm. school and everything like that. <clears throat> and, like, dude, it's just – it's so funny, man. There's so many, like, like – You know she does. She does every single thing at one point that her character on the skit does. You know she puts she puts her arms under her her hands under her armpits and then pulls them out and smells them. But she says like you know I'm gonna do a monologue from the movie Carrie where you know like you know it's so funny and like. and her job is she rewinds tapes at the video store. Oh yeah, so that's why that's why she always does monologues and stuff. And like,
1: that's right. That guy's looking for uh, uh the boy in a plastic bubble. They she wants the, the John Travolta movie. That uh, who was it that came that, in and asked for it? Will Ferrell. Oh, it was yeah. Will Ferrell. Yeah.
0: Yeah, they're both like it's my nineteenth favorite made for tv movie. <laughs> <My 19th favorite>. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You know, um, oh, man, and then so Harlan, Harlan, Harlan Williams is in it, and oh, he doesn't God. talk. You know, that's uh, right. I
1: forgot Harlan Williams was in this. Was there any other SNL alum in this?
2: Not
0: really, wasn't dude. Tim I was Tim Meadows in this? I kind of think... He, he, he wasn't. Oh, he wasn't. Damn. I'm no. trying to think if there uh, was
1: any other SNL alum.
0: I think it's just Molly Shannon and Will Ferrell. Yeah,
1: that's great. I mean yeah. those guys were always perfect together, man. Really? Oh, yeah, funny. they were great.
0: Him and uh Sherry O'Terry. Sherry O'Terry.
1: Right? Oh my god, yeah. I love Sherry
0: When they did Oteri. the Spartan cheerleaders, Absolutely. Oh my god, dude. one of the
1: one of the probably top ten best sketches on Saturday, <laughs> in my opinion.
0: Those are so funny, dude. Yeah. Like and, and they would be like doing all these cheers super loud and like the perfect cheer dun 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 <laughs> dun, you know? And then somebody would come over and they'd be like this is a chess match <laughs> <You know laughs> yeah. I, mean? like, I always uh, thought
1: I always thought Cherry Terry was like the female Chris Kattan. like they yeah, were, absolutely. They were very similar with their comedy. They were very goofy and silly. They didn't mind making themselves look like dumbasses she, she in that time period, she was my favorite female in the cast, Cherry Terry, and I, I don't know what she's doing now. I mean I I'm assuming either. she's just doing little sitcoms here and there and stuff like that. I,
0: the last thing I saw her in was like grown ups too. And she and she was funny in that, but that, you know, but that was the last thing I saw her in. And, you know, I'm surprised with all of the movies that we've just named, including Superstar. I'm surprised they didn't make a Spartan cheerleader movie. Yeah, they easily could have. Uh, about them going out for the cheer team and finally making it at the end and you know being captains of the cheer team or whatever like if they could make it pat into a movie they could that's what i'm saying it would have been easily done you know what i mean like and to have like made the perfect cheer like how could they not have done that
1: yeah and it's what sucks about it is once that time passes it's gone yeah you
0: couldn't do it now you absolutely it it was a
1: miracle they were able to do cone heads in 93 like 18 years after that sketch had premiered i mean it's a miracle that it worked and it was only because that it kind of catered to uh people that were watching that show back in the day you know but all right we we should go to the big dog now probably do uh, w- without a doubt w- with the exception of wayne's world it is definitely the most uh popular snl sketch that became a uh, a movie and this is 1980s yeah. john landis the blues brothers
0: uh, We're on a mission from God. From God. <laughs> God, exactly.
2: By
1: the Penguin.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Such a
1: great, great movie, man. And this is like, it really uh, showcases these guys' talents and, and other actors in the movies. I mean, you forget until you're rewatching it, you forget that Carrie Fisher's in this movie, John Candy's yep. in this movie. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's just a classic, you know? I, well, I watch this all the movie probably once a year
0: what's that you know all the musicians that are in it
1: oh absolutely that that should definitely be mentioned because some of the biggest musicians of all time are in this movie i mean aretha yeah. franklin who was who else was in this movie ray charles
0: ray, ray charles was in it uh bb king was B. B. in king, it
1: that uh Minnie the moocher guy that uh was singing um, at the end
0: uh was yeah. stevie ray vaughn
1: in it i don't know about stevie ray vaughn There
0: was the there was a white guitarist. I think he was like a bassist or something. I do remember the white guitarist that was in the Yeah, long hair, long beard. Yep, yep. Yeah. I
1: I just love the idea that I I love how it started too. You know, he's picking his brother up from prison and (laughs) In the
0: cop car. In
1: the cop car and you get to
2: see what you do with the blues (laughs) mobile.
1: oh he says this is a cop car with a cop engine <laughs> right <laughs> he says don't knock it it's gonna make a good blues brothers mobile yeah. uh, I, I love all the stuff um obviously i think we've talked about it several times but uh my favorite scene is him when they finally do get the band back together and they're doing the uh the the gig at the redneck bar uh
0: yep it, probably, rolling rolling
1: rolling <laughs> <laughs> just do rawhide over and over again over and
2: over again all <laughs> night love it. long
1: I'm gonna, yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna sit in the car with my brother and write this check out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one of the most funniest random Carrie Fisher movies too, where she oh, plays yeah. very similar to like Laura Flynn Boyle in Wayne's World. She's like obsessed with uh, who she she's obsessed with uh, John Belushi or with Dan Aykroyd.
0: I'm pretty sure it's John Belushi. Yeah, because he was in prison and he got he got out of prison and he didn't come come to her
1: she looks so young in this movie too because this was the same year as empire strikes back man and you're used yeah. to an empire strikes back she's princess leia but she's got her hair down in this movie she looks even a little bit younger than she did in uh, empire and then you get to see her in like the sewer with bazookas and shit you know <laughs> yeah
0: i was gonna say was it a flamethrower or was it a, I think it, was a, a bazooka. Gun?
1: it was definitely a bazooka when she shot the uh, oh i think she did both actually to be honest with you i yeah. think she did a bazooka and a flamethrower i think she had a flamethrower yeah her in the sewer but she took that building out with the bazooka remember when yeah. it just all the rubble just fell on them and they just kind of wiped it off and left
0: <laughs> yeah sigourney weaver type like yeah <laughs>
1: oh man and that uh the nazi rally where it had that guy from the burbs uh oh yeah who was running the nazi rally and so he had the nazis after him always as a kid i always loved the scene where they're driving through the mall you know
0: yeah yeah well and like you know when we talked about previously and we won't mention the sequel but uh, <laughs> we can
1: mention it it's just not good <laughs> uh,
0: but this movie had the most car crashes ever in a movie oh, and it really? held that it held that record until blues brothers 2000 beat it by one car wow yeah.
1: That was not an accident either. Someone no, had that of that number. Not. Yeah, of course not. You know? Yeah, as a kid, I always thought that mall scene was so fun. And when they did that random, and the editing was great too. I love the random uh, scene with the guy in like Toys R Us asking how much a mix, Miss Piggy stuffed animal was. And all of a sudden, right when he said that, they come busting through the uh, uh, window through with the, the car. Wall. And they just... Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's so great, man.
0: Yeah. And, and John Candy is the cop going after him. Yep. And, and uh Orange what? Whip. Orange Whip. Two uh, orange whips. <laughs> orange whip, yeah.
1: <laughs> or the uh, the guy from uh, Twenty One Jump Street, the black guy that was like the uh, the head captain in Twenty One Jump Street, played one of the uh, the cops that was trying to chase him down, and uh, mm-hmm. I I just can't imagine you rewatch that mall scene and the destruction and how they allowed them in whatever mall they allowed them in because these stores didn't look abandoned. I mean, they might have faced them a certain way where it looked like these were active stores where they weren't, but those suckers were those guys were in that mall. Driving those cars like maniacs.
0: Absolutely.
1: I mean, this is 1982. This is 1980 also. So there's it, a very good chance that this was just the time period where they would let you do that kind of crazy shit. <laughs>
0: Right, like the Oaks Mall is going to be in a movie. Come blow it up. Yeah, you know? yeah, like,
1: <laughs> yeah. this movie will age well. When that, what the hell's a mall? <laughs>
2: yeah, right. For real. <laughs> uh,
1: it was so great, man. And and what was good about it too is it almost those guys were doing that music for a while after that movie came out. You remember they used oh, to? Oh yeah, they, they used went to, on like tour. tour. And yeah. then even after John left, remember James joined the band and and James did it a lot and then John Goodman yep. joined it and then they they thought, Hey, well, you know what's a good idea? Let's make let's make a sequel and yeah, it just wasn't good.
0: Did you no. like the sequel? I mean, I liked it, but it wasn't anyway. I you know, it was it was my my age at that time, you know what I mean, and I loved the Blues Brothers. Yeah. You know, I think I was probably what like because I did it actually come out in two thousand? Yeah, did it come I out think like so. Ninety nine, yeah. So I was like eighteen at the time. So I was about it, you know. I was like, oh great, you know, let me gonna go see this. And I mean, it was good, but it was just like, hey, this is the the reboot of yeah, that, you know the not what I mean? so it,
1: good version of uh, yeah, you know, the Blues and Brothers,
0: right? And I mean, like. I don't know, dude. It'd be like remaking, which they have, they just never named it. It'd be like remaking Animal House. You know what I mean? Yeah, like,
1: yeah,
2: it just, you
0: just it's can't true. Do it's, that.
1: It, it's hard to dip your toe back into that that uh, thing that was so popular back in the day that just made them uh, made them all superstars. You know.
0: Now, I would tell you what, I would go see is Blues Brothers three thousand <laughs> <laughs> Blues Brothers in space.
2: Yeah, exactly. Right.
1: <laughs> Yeah it's a, it's a shame that we lost John so so young man young, because he didn't yeah. do, he ended up didn't do a whole lot of movies you know I mean he did Animal House he did 1941 he did The Blues Brothers he did that Neighbors movie with Dan Aykroyd and uh I mean he didn't do a whole lot and he was a genius yeah. man that that's what the beauty of I know we lost Chris farley young but at least we got chris farley in a lot of movies you know yeah absolutely. we even in small little parts like obviously cone heads or, or one of my favorite random uh chris farley movies was uh, that he played a character in was uh airheads oh yeah remember he ripped that guy's nipple ring out in airheads oh, yeah God. that's so right i um, i just miss some of these and i you learn more and more how many of these really funny actors are actually living really tragic lives and uh, that goes back to the point where I was only half joking when I had told my wife, enjoy Pete Davidson now. Because yeah. for a while there, he looked like he was going to go down that road, you know, yeah. of, of John Bellucci, Chris Farley, just that excess, you know. Uh, lucky for him, he was going through that excess and he didn't have all that extra weight on him because i think right. that's what really hurt john Bellucci and uh and uh, chris, chris farley, farley. is yeah. they they just weren't in good shape in the first place to be able to like light the candle at both ends yeah the way no, they were I doing agree. i i and like I said, there's like eleven or twelve movies here if you include the uh, Blues Brothers 2000, <clears throat> and for a series that's been on for 45 years, so they've obviously had been pitched probably so many. I would be, I would love to know what sketches were pitched to like Lauren Michaels to make a movie out of that he was like, no, I don't think it would work. Like, I mean, yeah. it's very possible that that uh, that cheerleading thing had been pitched to them, you know? Yeah. And it also takes it. You need the actors involved. You know, you need them to be able to say, "Hey, yeah, I think this could translate well to it." I mean, the the way we need comedies now more than ever. I'd be surprised if we don't see a few of these still in the future. Uh, I hope so. But it it also takes that great sketch. You know, it's it's been a while since we've had reoccurring sketches on Saturday Night Live. I can't think of one. From this current iteration of actors that are on, that they redo, I can't think of one. I think there's characters here and there that that certain people will come on Weekend Update and do. Uh, but can you think of a specific sketch that's been redone several times over the last couple of years?
0: Um, I mean, honestly, just Alec Baldwin with Trump. You know, yeah, I Alec think, Baldwin with Trump. I think maybe the Californians. Maybe, were... and
1: that was still a little while ways ago. I yeah. mean, like I said, Drunk Uncle probably could have been worked into one. Uh, Stefan, if, if yeah, Bill so Hader didn't get huge, and, and Bill Hader's so far from doing that type of shit that he'll never do it. But that yeah. was always like, I remember when he showed up on Weekend Update, people lost their fucking mind.
0: Oh, yeah, and, absolutely.
1: And at, if at that time they had offered him that, I think that movie would have been huge. And they, And with the right writer, they could have worked a whole movie with him doing that character. And I thought it would have been really, really funny. Yeah, but, I agree. I mean, now he's doing Barry and he's doing it, and he's gonna. I, I think that guy is bound for Oscar nominations at some point. There's oh, some he's of, super talented. There's some of those actors like Jim Carrey or Robin Williams. Some of those comedians that you can see uh, glimpses of them playing some super dramatic roles. And you're like, this guy is going to be huge beyond this. Uh, Adam Sandler's the same way with like uncut gems. Uh, but Bill Hader has that man. I don't think Bill Hader has done his best thing yet. So I'm yeah. super curious, uh, what he does in his career for the next couple of years, but I've always been an SNL fan. I've, I've always liked to watch it because it's, it's something uh you know you follow like the imdb kind of uh news page and everything and every time it's like a sunday after saturday night live like five of the stories are about snl oh the five sketches you have to watch because alec baldwin was on the show or steve martin was on the show and this person said this and this person said that it's one of those pop culture things that you kind of want to keep up with uh because it's kind of where a lot of these kind of uh uh, left-wing kind of comedians kind of use as their platform to make fun of certain things and certain people. I, I think in the last couple of years, uh, one of the funniest things I've seen on Saturday Night Live is did you ever see where Melissa McCarthy came in to play Sean Spicer? Oh,
0: yeah. That was really funny. Oh, my God. I don't think I yeah. laughed
1: as hard as when she did that, when <laughs> she had that podium that would move and, yeah. and she would scream at people and she had that short <laughs> hair. Don't mess with Spicy. You're pissing yeah. Spicy off. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. I Probably one of the that.
1: funniest things I've seen on SNL. Even though I I have I have really enjoyed the uh, the Alec Baldwin stuff. I liked when. Uh for a while, for a couple of weeks, Woody Harrelson came on as Did Joe Biden. Biden. Oh, oh, that was so with funny. the fake teeth, and teeth? he would just oh, smile. And yeah. They eventually worked it. I, I guess Woody couldn't do it anymore, so they eventually moved it to Jason Sudeikis, who
2: uh-huh. who was
1: good at it, but he wasn't as, yeah. as funny as Woody Harrelson as it. Yeah. So I, I'm hoping that if Biden gets elected. Uh, <clears throat> that uh, Woody comes back as a regular to kind of do Biden sketches because that would be great. Y- you forget how like almost paired with the political co- climate that SNL always is, uh, you know, Chevy chase always played uh Ford. Uh, you always had Phil Hartman playing Ronald Reagan. You had Daryl Hammond always played Bill Clinton. Yeah. Uh, he was every, Every big political figure at that time period whenever Saturday Night Live takes place, they almost, like, trigger somebody or, like, or like where Will Ferrell played George Bush for a while there. And <laughs> <clears throat> he was brilliant as. a it, you know? God, it's so brilliant. So you're thinking, and, like, Alec Baldwin obviously has played Trump better than anyone. The only other person I think that can play Trump really, really great is Jimmy Fallon. I don't know if you've ever seen Jimmy Fallon play him. On yeah, the, he tonight does, show, yes. Really good job. Yeah. But, I
0: love uh, Trevor Noah's impression of Trump. The way he does it is hysterical. Oh,
1: I don't think I've ever seen Trevor Noah do it. Oh, <laughs> I'll have to funny. look that up
0: because it's like totally exaggerated. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Like it's, it's good. such
1: an easy sketch to to play too, because he's such a kind of a weird character, and there's so many different ways you could take it. And uh, <clears throat> I had heard rumors that when uh, that when Melissa McCarthy came on to play Sean Spicer, it it drove Trump nuts and he looked down on Sean Spicer and it was one of the reasons he got rid of him because, uh, he thought being played, uh, portrayed by a woman kind of completely emasculated him and everything. Wow. And whenever I heard it, I was like, why isn't, why haven't they not gotten Rosie O'Donnell to come on? Exactly. To play Trump dude. Oh my God. It would drive him fucking nuts. He would, it would oh. take him four or five year, days to even recover. I mean, I think with Alec Baldwin, he was like, "Oh, Alec Baldwin's an Oscar-winning actor. It's kind of a, yeah. it's kind of a good thing that he's playing me." They really should have had somebody that, especially Rosie, because Rosie drives him nuts. <laughs> it would have oh yeah, dude. and she's funny and she could have played it really well. So yeah. Maybe if he gets if he ends up getting reelected, I would like to see them kind of change that character and have like Kate McKinnon play him or something like that. It would, it would, <laughs> it would make my day. But I'm I'm really rooting for Woody Harrelson. That's how I vote for president. I want to I want to see who's going to play him on Sad Night Live. <laughs> Which I I tell you I'm not lying when I was said when Bernie jumped out of the race, I was like, oh my god, we don't get to see Larry David play Bernie Sanders anymore, and that I makes know. me sad.
0: <laughs> That, you know, I think still during the election time, he'll be on there doing it. I hope so. You know,
1: it's like the only time that anyone's ever come on to play a political... figure where they've done literally nothing but maybe comb his hair differently yeah, I mean, it's just larry it. david being larry
0: david yeah no he doesn't talk any different no. he doesn't act any different no, <laughs> it's just, so funny man it's just like yeah sure i'll come on there and just chat for a bit <laughs>
1: <laughs> you gonna pay me how much
0: sure why yeah not? exactly i'll be right there
1: <laughs> That was a while yeah. he was coming on like every week yeah
0: <laughs> really great. great
1: man so I'm I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm I'm like I said, I I've been in with Saturday Night Live since I was super young, and and I'll always uh, carry with it. You and me are both fans of comedy, you know. I'm like yeah. that's why this is a perfect pod for me and you, and not uh, not Dave because Dave likes comedy. He loves old school comedies and stuff like that, but he doesn't seek it out as much as we do, you know. Uh, right. I, I think both of us kind of respect a good comedy once once one comes out, and I, I can't even remember the last really funny movie I've seen. I mean. What's the last Super Troopers Two. Super Troopers Two. I think you're dead yeah. on with that. Yeah. I loved Super Troopers Two so much that I bought it like the day after I saw it. I was like, I uh, need "You to know, own this.
0: I'll tell you the one that I did see, and it was like it looked like such a cheesy, crappy movie, but Long Shot with Charlize Theron and uh, I'll have to check it um, out. Seth Rogen, yeah. dude. It's a good, I mean, it's a romantic comedy, but it's fucking funny. And, like, I thought it was going to be, oh, all the funny parts are on the commercial. I was surprised at how hard I straight up laughed, you know, at that movie. like, So that was probably the last one that I saw, you know, in the theater that was, like, actually really funny.
1: I'll have to check it out for sure because I'm I'm always looking for one of those. And maybe that Staten Island, uh, The King of Staten Island is going to be it, you know? Uh, because obviously we both kind of respect, uh, Pete Davison and what he does and it would be really great to see that movie do well. And yeah. I mean, especially we're going into a different kind of era. I was, I was looking at, uh, I, I sent you that list of all the, uh, episodes that we're going to do all the way up to like Halloween, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> how much free time I had that I was able to, uh, to come up with all these episodes. So uh, if you're worried, we're, we have, uh, we're going to be, uh, it's going to be running out of ideas for subjects. It's not going to happen, at least for this year. <laughs> uh, but I'm looking at it, and I was like – and I I worked it up to, like, the end of the year, and I'm like – and I wrote down at the end of the year, best of 2020. And I'm like, my God, what are the movies going to be like? Because I can't think of that many that have come out in 2020 that I would even put on that list at this point. And they're going to have to uh, – are they all going to be released in like November and December possibly? Yeah. Right. It's going to be a hard one to pick. I mean, for us to do 2018 and 2019, it was easy. It was like super easy to come up with that list. 2020. Yeah. No,
0: yeah, no, for sure. Like, especially if they, you know, second wave hits and we go back into lockdown, then we're not going to have any movies till 2021.
1: Are the movie theaters open now? Do you know?
0: I don't know. Um, I, I, I don't know. I think they're probably along the lists uh, same time as like uh, bars. Yeah. And because bars, all the bars seats, aren't open yet either. I, I don't think so. Shows restaurants, bit, no. restu- I mean, restaurants are open. Like um, I'll give them a little shot out here. I, uh, I have a friend that owns uh, world of beer and town of Tioga. Yeah. Um, And when they reopened, you know, like I wanted to support him and I was like, yo, you know, what should I get? I'm going to go and get some takeout from your place. Um, and I made an order and like, I expected for it to be somewhat busy cause they just lifted the, the band dude. I walked in there, there was one person in there having a beer, the bartender and myself, yeah. you yeah. know what I mean? And you know it's a so. shame we,
1: we've only I've been like cooking at home like 90% of the time but we have gotten food out and we try to make it like those local places you know because they need the, they need the help more than anything a couple right. of the a couple of the Chinese restaurants I've gone to because they've gotten they've especially gotten the shaft because there's some really low yeah. educated people that think that the Chinese restaurants around here have anything to do with it that's fucking yeah. stupid so yeah. I've, I've gone to Sashuan Panda like twice I've uh, we've gone to uh, uh, Chopsticks a couple times so I, I like to give them my money if I can. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's going to have to slowly happen. And I think, uh, uh, that's what I told someone. Someone asked me, he's like, uh, so when are you and your girl going to get out anytime soon? I, I was like, well, it, it's a lot easier for us because we're introverts anyways. Uh, someone had right. said to me the other day, they were like, oh, we're kind of extroverts, so we wanted to get out there. He says, it must be easy for you. And I, and I just responded, it's like heaven, man. Yeah. <laughs> I said, I'm not doing anything different. I said, so right. it's, it's not as hard for me to do it, but obviously it's, it's going to happen sooner or later. Yeah. But everyone's got to get out there. So, yeah. I know they're still in major lockdown up in Massachusetts. They're one of the last uh, states that have just like really strongly been like, we're not going to fuck around with this thing. Because I I had told somebody the other day, I said I, I at least want to wait until fourteen days after Memorial Day. <laughs> Cause yeah, that's that's if there was going to be a second wave, you would think yep. that that's when it's going to happen.
0: Yep, absolutely. To be no, honest I totally with me, agree.
1: I'm I, I'm looking at like Jul- July. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, I think that's probably the smart idea.
1: Yep, it's probably safe. It's any waves that are going to happen and everything, but I still, I'm still, I'll wear my my face mask like months after everyone has stopped doing it. Yeah, because I I don't want to chance it. I got asthma. I know what it is to be in a hospital with regular pneumonia. I could not imagine having to be in there with anything super super serious where you would need a ventilator or something like that. Screw that shit. Yeah, yeah. So that'll do it for SNL films, man. Like I said, but who, who can guess when the next one's going to come out? It's been 10 years since McGruver came out. So that's the last one. And, uh, And hopefully we don't have to wait uh, another 10 years before another one comes out because it's, it's just great comedy that's kind of set up on TV and uh, it's kind of established. So I, I like that they, uh, they can do that every once in a while for us Uh, next week. We're going to do a Danny Boyle pod, which is, it's been fun rewatching a lot of the Danny Boyle uh, movies like yesterday. And I I saw the Steve jobs movie and uh, I can't wait to talk about a lot of that with Dave. We're going to be doing it uh, out back in the backyard pod. And, uh, Uh, Then after that, we get the big dog. We got some canon films. I don't know if you wanted to uh, come over and do it in the backyard or if we want to do it over the phone, depending, I guess, on what your schedule looks like, really.
0: Yeah, yeah, we'll figure it out.
1: Yeah, we'll figure it out. man. It'll be a really epic one, man. I'm very excited to do the two-part canon pod because they're just movies that I've watched so much growing up that I've just been dying to work in. And, And really, unless you're working them into like a wild card pod, a lot of those films don't work into like every genre we talk about.
0: Yeah, no, definitely not.
1: Yeah, unless we were going to do like a Charles Bronson or something like that. So <laughs> yeah. we, he's definitely chucked full of that. So so we yeah. got Danny Boyle. We got some canon films. Me and Dave are going to do the Spy Movies Part 2. Then we're going to do Part 2 of the uh, canon films. And then we're going to uh, we're gonna do the Wild Card uh, uh, Bring us all back together to do this epic wildcard episode, which will be great. And we're definitely we're approaching uh, one fifty six. One fifty six will be our three year reunion, man.
0: Damn, pretty exciting. That's crazy, dude.
1: It is crazy <laughs> when you think we we've never missed a week. Did we miss one? Maybe one week, like in the first. Two months or something like that, we missed because of like technical difficulties or something. But other other than that, we haven't missed a week. We've tried to put one out every Saturday for everyone to listen to, and uh, it's been fun, man. I love going back and listening to the old ones. So Hell we'll yeah, definitely have a uh, minor celebration when we hit one fifty six.
0: <laughs> Hell yes. So.
1: So if you want to get a hold of us, you can give us a like or a comment on SoundCloud or iTunes, our two platforms. You can also check us out on Facebook, uh, where you'll see our, our what episode drops every Saturday and the photos from the uh, episodes of the collage we come up with. And uh, you could also shoot us an email, fascinatedfilms at gmail.com. Absolutely. we'll get back to you. But until next week, see ya.
2: Peace. It is the part of the wing.